I'm not sure if I'm sparkly this morning. But, um, okay, we had a issue with glitter last evening, so. This month we are talking about some titles of Christ that have to do with Christ as our source or our direction. And we talked about uh, him being the door. We're going to, um, well, when we talk about this, we're talking about where we find things, right? Which is, uh, where is the fill-in-the-blank, the question that is repeated in our house anyway, quite frequently. We want to know where things are found, and we uh, frequently need direction. Uh, and you want a voice that knows where things are, so that's in my house, typically my wife. Uh, so, and I know that if I can't find something, there's a good chance that it's in her purse. Right? <laughs> so, we want voices we trust. And uh, some of us turn to, uh, at least in the last few years, Siri. The voice of Siri is a voice we, we trust. Uh, when I moved to Waukesha, I trusted this voice. Um, and I, I illustrate this, uh, I was on uh, Arcadian-Greenfield Ave, uh, our first winter here. Uh, some of you might know where this is. And uh, I was in the car heading east, and in, I was looking for Springdale. And then this was what it told me to do. It said take left in however many feet that was. Well, it was winter, it was snowy out, and I was pretty sure that that was not going to produce positive results, but it said so. So I did it. No, just kidding. Uh, so actually what I did was I took a right uh, onto the only Springdale Road sign that I saw. And I was like, well, maybe she doesn't know her left from her right. So, you know, you trust Siri. So I took a right, turned around, uh, and I plugged it in again, and she said, go straight. Uh, this is where I was. And she said, go straight. Now imagine that covered with snow. There's no road there. She said, go straight. Well... What she should have done is told me to proceed a little bit further, take a left. Now, this is the funny thing about this whole thing, is that there used to be, that dotted line represents an old road, which uh, Diane told me. And how long ago did they, when did that change? Oh, it's got to be at least 10 years. 10 years. <laughs> All right, before Siri. I don't know how Siri got a hold of an old map you know, and, and figured out that I, I should take a, a, a road that it, had ceased to exist before she started to exist, but she did. We want voices that we trust. So I don't trust Siri anymore. Uh, so we're looking uh, at a text today that is going to actually provide our next three titles. Uh, this is in John 14, verse 1 through 6. This is, uh, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house there are many rooms. If it weren't so, I wouldn't have told you that I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself. And where I am, you may be also. And you know the way where I'm going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can we know... The way. Jesus said to him, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So we're going to be talking about Christ the way today. 
Uh, and it's interesting that they, they don't get what he's talking about. You know, he's, he's traveled, they've traveled all over Palestine, you know. And, hey, uh, maybe, maybe things are getting a little hot here in, in Jerusalem. Maybe he's going somewhere else and, uh, and he's going to go there and then we'll, we'll start this whole thing here somewhere else where, where maybe people will be more receptive. I imagine that's probably what their, their thoughts were. Maybe he's going to go north into Syria. Who I don't know where he's going to go. Uh, but he's going to go somewhere and then he's going to bring us to him when he's ready. That's, that's weird. They're, they're so smart. They're figuring this out. Okay, wait a minute. What do you say we know the way? You haven't told us the way. Where is this place? Um, just, you know, hey, when you get there, give us directions and we'll come to you. Or, you know, whatever the deal is. You know, we want to know the way. And, of course, Jesus is, is not speaking. Uh, he's saying, I'm going to leave this planet and you can get to me there. But I am the way. You've known me. You know... If you know me, I am the way. And that's kind of a, a strange thought for them uh, to, to accept and to understand. But uh, one thing as we talk about these three titles, the way, the truth, and the life over the next three weeks, whatever is intended is exclusive. I am the way. There's, there's not another way. And so we're going to look a little closer at at what is meant by uh, the way. Christ as the way. Well, the way, uh, the first thing the way tells us is there's some direction, right? There's some direction involved in a way. Matthew chapter 7, verse 13 and 14 says, Enter by the narrow gate. We talked about that last week. Uh, the, the gate is wide and the, the way is easy that leads to destruction and those who enter by it are many. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life, and those who find it are few. Well, we've talked about the entrance, and that's the beginning of the way. But there's an implied path after that. It's a, this is a direction that we're heading. And we, we talk about it being exclusive. The idea that once you get into one of these gates, that, that these paths merge... That is incorrect. Well, we're all on the, the way. You know, you've got there this way. and you No, no, no. There, there's, there's one way. Christ is the way. And, and, and the paths don't merge. There's one direction. There's one path. A path is a series of decisions, uh, if we think about it that way. Right? If you're, you're going somewhere and, and uh, I have a decision to make. Do I take a left or right? Well, it's not always clear. I mean, if I've got Siri, which I don't trust, I can't even trust her anymore. Uh, so, so, you know, I've got to make some decisions. What am I going to do? Do I take a left here or am I going to end up in a ditch? I don't know. Uh, sometimes, though, it looks like this might be the right way. I, I do a thing every time I travel east, virtually every time, unless I'm really looking for it. I end up in Michigan. If you've traveled east, you might have done this also. Because I'm on 94 and it, and it curves and it goes down and you merge with 90 and 90 ends up becoming 80. So there's all these highways that kind of want, are, are, are together for a very short period of time and it looks like I'm supposed to go straight. So I go straight. And this one looks like it goes off somewhere. That's the one I'm supposed to take. I'm like, I'm going east. Well, as soon as I go east, I select 94 and then 94 does this. And I do it every time. Like, oh, now I'm in Michigan. So, so I always take the detour through Michigan and come back down and have to hit the highway, and that's always fun. 
It's just what I do. Because it looks like the right way. It looks like it's supposed to go this way. And the one that goes off looks like it's the wrong way, but that ends up being the right way. We make, that is a path. It's a, it's, it's a series of decisions. And we can get lost thinking that we're making the right decision. This looks like the way I should go. And it may not. The way is hard. And it's not always obvious. Right? And so, so life is this series of decisions. Life is this series of, of choices, right or wrong. What is the thing? It's not a moment in time. Think of your life. And, and the younger you are, the less you have to think about. Uh, but if you, if the, your life, what has got you, and I don't, it's kind of funny, but, but it's not really. The, the, the older you are, the, the more there is to think about the choices. You, the, the more choices you can remember in your life that have brought you to where you are. The younger you are, and this is why, this is why the younger you are, the, the, the wider your options are for life ahead of you. I mean, you haven't, I mean, you might not have a girlfriend or boyfriend. You might not have, you know, if you, you might just already be in college but not selected your major. I mean, all these things are going to determine kind of what you get funneled into. If you're in your 50s and 60s, you've made more choices along that path. There's less options for you by that point in time. Say, so, well, I'm not going to go back to college and study and do a completely different thing. And No. I'm in this, I've made my choices, I've made my path. And I, this is kind of the things I do from day to day. That, that's what I am. That's who I And those are, and you can think of milestone moments. This is the family I have. I've already made that choice. All these things through life kind of define who I am and what my path is. So the less of those choices you've made, the younger you are, wow, you could be. Anything could happen. We've already made those choices, those who are older. And so, life is this series of choices. It's a path. And, and it's more than just the major decisions, really, if you think about it. it it's, it's smaller. Our text defines a continual path. Right? A continual choice. It's not just major points. You know, it's not just like a, you're on a cruise and it's like, okay, we're going to go up here and we're going to get off at this stop and then we're going to get on the tip and kind of go up here and we'll get off in there. And you know, like a cruise, you see it's like four or five ports and that's that. Right? It, it, it's not like that. That's not what we're on. We're not on a cruise. That's not Christianity. Christianity is a path. It's, it's constant decisions. And when you think about it, our little choices affect our big choices. Right? The things that you started doing, the little things you started doing as a kid determine your interests. And those interests will probably determine your major. And that will determine your career path. And those little choices. Little things that you might not even think about. And it's true spiritually. I want, to, I want to get more to the spiritual thing than just the, just the everyday thing. But little choices that you make affect little choices that I make, say, to 
prioritize something as more important than God. A little thing. Today it's a little thing. I have decided today that I have a choice between this thing and what I want to do. A little choice. And it's not that major. But the more of those choices that I make... See, when it does become something major, it just makes it easier. I've already set up the history. I've already set up the path. So that when I get to the major port stop, it's easy to to get off here. It's a path. It's, It's every moment. Christ says, I am the way. I am the path. I am every decision you make in life. That's the way to get where I will be. I'm not just the end. I'm not just the beginning. I am the path. If you want to get to me, if you want to get to the Father, if you want to get to where we are going to be, it's going to have to be at every point along there because that is going to determine the things and the big choices that you make. Those little priorities. Well, it's more than a a decision. Um, It's our methods or our manner. Let's back up here. Romans 11.33. He says, Oh, the depths and riches of wisdom and the knowledge of God! How unsearchable are His judgments! And how inscrutable are his ways. In the Old Testament, Isaiah said the same thing. He said, God's ways are higher than our ways and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. It's the same same basic concept. It's not just the decisions that we make. It's how we do something. The way we do something and the mentality behind it. Actions and behaviors should aspire us to, uh, to be noble. What we do should be higher than just our, our normal human impulses, in other words. Acts chapter 13, 8 through 10, he says, Elemis, the magician, here's, here's Paul, um, and I'm trying to remember where, I think they were in, in Crete, uh, but Elymas, the magician, uh, opposed them, seeking to turn the proconsul away from the faith. And Saul, who was also called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked intently at him and said, You son of the devil, you enemy of all righteousness, full of deceit and villainy, will you not stop making crooked the straight paths of, Lord, of the Lord? And, and so, so here is obviously... Uh, Paul disagrees with the methods and the manner in which uh, Elemas is, is doing things. They're, they're not according to the way that God would, would want him to do. Uh, so, so God endorses certain types of behaviors, certain motives, and he rejects others. Well, it was a goal that influenced the behavior wanted to turn somebody away from the faith. He, he, he thought that the faith, he grew up and, and his understanding was that this thing was, was incorrect. This, this way of whatever Paul was bringing, that's, that's incorrect. That's not our tradition. That's not whatever it is. And you're trying to turn people away. And so he had a goal. 
And he didn't understand the truth. And so he was doing what he thought was in the, the governor's best interests. It's interesting, um, as we said, Christ calls himself the way. And we see that again here. There is not multiple ways. The collection of behaviors and teachings that Christ establishes is the only acceptable one. It doesn't make a difference if you have good intentions. First uh, Peter chapter 2, verse 21 says, For to this you have been called, because Christ who suffered for you left you an example so that you might follow in his steps. Again, Christ is the way. And he didn't just come in and, and leave a document and tell us, okay, what to do, but he, he lived it. And we have an example of what he lived. This is what I want. Okay, if, here is, just, just watch me and figure it out. So, so we know enough about Christ being the way. What I want to do uh, is to know the way. Know the way. Well, how do you know the way? That phrase, do you know the way? Yeah, oh yeah, you just go down here and here. Know the way. Well, it's a little bit different in the, uh, in the scriptures when we talk about Christ being the way. Us knowing the way and, and is a little bit different. Uh, there's a scripture in Acts chapter 24, and this is kind of interesting, uh, verse 14 and 15. It says, I confess this to you, that according to the way, which they call a sect or a cult, I worship the God of our fathers, believing everything laid down by the law and the prophets, having a hope in God, which these men themselves accept, that there will be a resurrection of both the just and the unjust. What is so interesting about this, this is one of five times in the church, or in the, in the book of Acts, that the church is called the way. It's used more than any other title for the church. The way. Wait a minute, Christ was the way. Now he's calling the church the way. Yes, yes indeed, that is true. How can it be both? If Christ is the way, how can we be the way? Well, that's a good question. If you're going to know the way, you have to be the way. That's the point. Now, as you say, in this text, the, the church was thought of as a cult. They thought of it as some, some weird, deviant religion uh, because they only worshipped one God. Not many. Paul assures people that, and, and to the Jews in the audience, he, he assures them that uh, they, they thought it was a cult too. Everybody thought Christianity was a cult. The, the, the Romans thought it was a cult. The Jews thought it was a cult because it kind of had some roots in Judaism, but they were teaching all this weird stuff. And there's this Christ, and there was all these things, and they were trying to stamp it out. Much like Elymas was trying to stamp it out from a pagan root. But he says, listen, I assure you, I, I actually believe in the law and the prophets more than you do. Because I trust what they were talking about. They were predicting Christ. You don't even accept Christ. I do. Because Moses predicted it. Because Isaiah predicted it. Because all of these men predicted it. That's what, that's what I hold to. And I believe in all of these things. So, we want to be the way. He had so absorbed all of this stuff that 
that he was becoming what Christ had been. Not, not in terms of his deity, but in terms of his behavior, in terms of his lifestyle, that path. Well, to do that, we need to familiarize ourselves. If you're not familiar with it, you get lost, right? If you're not familiar, you get lost. I had to go down to Iowa. Uh, as I say, I, I don't have Siri anymore. Um, and so I had a map. I had an old atlas. Well, that helps you get to a certain place. Uh, it doesn't help you, however, once you are in a certain place, unless the certain place you're in is big enough that you got the exploded, you know, you know, if I'm going to a big, I wasn't going to big city. So now I have to rely on my memory. I am like, oh, where, where is that? I, I, she, I've got an address, sort of, and I kind of remember she gave me some ideas of what it's around. How do I get there once I'm in this town? I haven't lived here for uh, 22 years. Well, that's quite a long time. There's uh, some water under that bridge. It took me a little while. I got that. I got that. I was, I was, I was, I've impressed myself. I'll say that. For 22 years, and I, it only took me like two wrong turns. So, yep. you lose familiarity after a little while. You're, we're not going to be the way if, we, if we're not familiar with it. We might, we might take some wrong turns. And we, we impress ourselves when we get back on the way. Oh, yes, look at me. Right? But is it really that impressive? If you don't know your way, you get lost. Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 10 and 11, it says, Therefore I was provoked with that generation. This is God talking about those wandering in the wilderness. He says, They always go astray in their heart. They have not known my ways. Not familiar. And so I swore in my, ma- my wrath, they will not enter my rest. If you are not familiar with the path, you will not find the destination. They will not enter my rest because they don't know my ways. They don't know the right way and you will not get there. Christ is the way. He's not merely the destination. The doctrines we believe will affect our decisions. The things that we are familiar with or think we are familiar with, if those are incorrect, we will we will eventually make wrong choices based upon those. Let me give you uh, some examples. Well, let me first read a text here. Second uh, Corinthians chapter 3, verse 15 through 18 says, Yet to this day, whenever Moses is read, a veil lies over their heart. And he's talking again about those same people that, that couldn't accept the Old Testament as in terms of its prophecy of, of the New Testament. He says, but when one turns to the Lord, that veil is removed. It's like, you, oh, oh, wow. You can see what it was talking about. when you, All of the things that they were trying to say, that's obvious when you start to accept the New Testament. That veil is removed. Now the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all, with an unveiled face, behold the glory of the Lord. And we're transformed into the same image from one glory to another. And for this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. And that's what he's saying is, is the more you understand and more you are open and familiar with what God wants, right? 
the more accurately you're going to be able to get there. The more your decisions are going to reflect the decisions that God wants. Once saved, always saved, for example. I'll just use a, maybe an illustration. None of us believes that. I don't think, but... Once you're saved, you can, you, can, you can never be lost. There's no decisions you can make to be lost. That should be obvious on the face of it that that's against everything the Scripture says. But some people believe it. Well, if I believe that, what kind of decisions would I make in my life? Well, I can live like I want. Well, that's not going to produce what God wants, is it? My, my, the things I have accepted internally affect the external, affect those choices. Or prosperity doctrine... Right? Uh, uh, God wants you to be wealthy and successful, and so is all the blessings and, uh, and, and things like that. We talked a little bit about that in class this morning. But, you know, those don't all look like slick. Th- those things can come packaged pretty neatly. And they don't always look like slick, you know, used car salesmen that, that bring that. And, and we can start accepting some of that stuff. Well, that will affect my choices because I'll start making choices that more are about my physical well-being than the spiritual things God wants. Now here's another one. And this might, might affect us more. This might be more obvious in terms of something that we face today. And that is a social gospel. Social gospel is, is very popular what I mean by social gospel is when, when people take their uh, agendas, secular agendas, and they try to attach them to the Bible. And that happens all the time. And when social gospel, when social gospel becomes a, a thing that uh, it looks like it's on the path, it looks noble, it looks right, and, it, and when we just get off that just a little bit and start going down here, we become more political than spiritual. And so, we get the idea that our, our political agendas, our little pet things that we personally care about, are the things that, that God cares about. And, and we look for those in the Bible. And the fact is that God is neither for or against most of our pet agendas. God couldn't care less about capitalism or socialism, quite frankly. The church was born under one of the most ruthless dictatorships in the history of the world. God really doesn't care about our economic policy. And we get so up in arms about that on one side or the other. And God doesn't care. I could just go down the list. God does not care about the Second Amendment. I'm sorry. Not on his list of important things. For or against. Doesn't care. God doesn't care about freedom of speech. Nope. Doesn't care about freedom of speech. There are more Christians in China than there are in the United States. No freedom of speech. The church has survived all of these things. It is not on God's list of agendas. We get, we get so up in arms about things about, because of our social gospel and we spend so much time off on these little rabbit trails. And God's like, that's not the path. 
that will not get you home. That will not get us there. Almost done. Two scriptures. Because God wants us to do more than just familiarize. He wants us to imitate. We said, this is how, how do you be the way? If Christ is the way. The way is to imitate. Imitate. Imitate me as I imitate Christ. Be imitators. These thoughts. Don't just imitate me. Imitate me as I imitate Christ. Paul is saying, listen, there's times where I'm faulty and I don't always imitate Christ. Don't copy that. We get attached to people and we want to do everything they do and say things the way they, they say things. and We get attached to people. My preacher says this or, or this guy. Don't imitate me unless I'm imitating Christ. Well, that means you have to be first familiar with Christ. But the way we will be the way for other people is to imitate the way. Christ established it. We're not the standard. We're just copying the standard. We are what they call a facsimile. So we're going to close with a question. One question to leave you with. Do you feel challenged? Why do I ask that? I'm not talking about by the sermon. I'm saying, do you feel challenged in general in life? Is Christianity, is, is Christianity a... Uh, difficult. I'm not talking is life difficult. We all have difficult moments in life. There are losses and there are tragedies and things. That's not what I'm talking about either. I'm saying, does your faith make choices that are difficult for you? Because if it's not, then you're not on the right way. Christ said, there's two doors. One of them is hard to find, and the path that comes after it is extremely difficult. And it is not, it's narrow. You can get off of it really easily. You're going to have to be attentive. It's a difficult road. People go in by the easy road. If you're on an easy road, you're not on Christianity. You're somewhere else. You, you've gotten off on a road that looked good. It looked like it might go the right way, but it is not the right way. If Christianity hasn't asked you to make some hard decisions in the priorities you have in your life, I'm on the wrong way. If I haven't had to give up something that I really wanted if I hadn't had to say no to something that I really like doing, I am on the wrong way. Are you challenged on a regular basis? Not just on major moments in life. Every once, once a year I have to make a hard Am I regularly challenged? And that's the thought I want to leave with you. If your life is easy... I'm asking you to challenge yourself. 
and find the right path.